it, it really t- teaches us about loyalty to your team, to your band, to your hospital, whatever it is. He's all about being loyal. So who in the music business is loyal? Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger did not leave the Rolling Stones. And what's fascinating to me is in that same press conference when Giannis credits Chris Middleton for pushing him. I'm going to play the soundbite. I want to hear what you have to say. And then I'm going to play the one from Mick Jagger. Listen to this and I want to hear what you think. What goes through your mind when you hear him talk about his teammate? He doesn't realize how much he pushed me to be great. He pushes me to be great. You know, I had a lot of people throughout my career that pushed me to be great and be consistent and be just be dominant, just keep coming, keep working hard. And he's one of those guys, you know, and uh, there was nobody in this world that I would rather do this journey with than that guy. You know, uh, he's been here since the beginning. You know, he's been here since the day we were fighting for uh, some minutes. And he was yelling to me when we were, <clears throat> I was 18. He was yelling to me to like pass the ball and all that. We were just fighting on the court, you know, we were kids. And now we, in this stage, doing it together. What do you think? What goes through your, now that you know him so well with all the people that you interviewed, the research, the time you put in to write this book, how beautiful that he deflects the credit to Chris Middleton. Yeah, you know, that's classic Giannis. He, he's different from every other modern-day superstar in the fact that he's not, like, one of those guys that, like, it's all about me. In fact, he is almost uncomfortable in the spotlight. Hmm. And it's interesting that he is so deferential to, to Middleton in the best way possible um, in ways that are so commendable. It's because, you know, when they were, um, they were on the Bucks together in those early years, Middleton was the better player and Giannis wanted to be the team leader and they had moments where, you know, it was really competitive between them, but they learned to really love each other and realize that they need each other. And I think that that shows the growth of Giannis's leadership in the sense of being a leader doesn't always mean that you have to take the shot. It doesn't always Mm. mean that you get all the credit and all the adulation. Being a leader means complimenting others, uplifting others, putting other people in positions to succeed. And you will not find a bigger advocate for Chris Middleton than Giannis. And I Mm. think that just shows tremendous leadership growth in him. Like I would want to play with Giannis. You know, when Mm. I, when I've been hearing about all this, like who's going to what team, I don't know why there aren't like 10 guys rushing to come to Milwaukee right now. (laughs) Mm. He just sounds like the best person to play with. Exactly right. I love, I mean, what's great about your knowledge of Giannis is you can speak better than anybody about that transition. And I use on the show the example in my lifetime beforehand was, because I'm so much older, the greatest football team that I got to see was the 1972 Miami Dolphins, which went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. Their kicker, the reason they won, came not from Greece, but from Cyprus. He played soccer, Garo Upremium. He didn't know one end of a football from another. And I just want you to listen to his description of what it was like to make the transition to America and to football. And I need you to then listen to this and tell us what it was like for Giannis as a culture shock. This is Garo Upremium. Thursday night, I signed a contract with the Detroit Lions when they found out that I didn't have a working permit. I said to my brother, what is a working permit? He said, first of all, you came from another country, you need a green card, and second of all, you've got to have a social security card to work in the States. 
I said, well, let's go and get one of each of those things right away. Oh, he said, it takes usually about a year to get that. He said, I'll talk to the management of the Detroit Lions and see what they can do. We went to the Detroit Lions, talked to Mr. William Clay Ford. He said, don't worry, we'll take care of this. The next morning, they put me in a limousine with two attorneys, took me to the immigration office, social security office, police station. By 8 o'clock, same day, my papers were all in order. What a country. <laughs> Tell us what it was like. Did he play basketball in as a kid? I don't think he did. He played soccer. What was Giannis's transition like to basketball? Yeah, it was not something that was on his mind. His dad played professional soccer um, in Nigeria, and so Giannis wanted to be just like his dad, Charles, and play soccer. And it wasn't until this random Greek man, Spiros Velinakis, came up to him and said, hey, I think, you know, you should play basketball. You should play for my team. Did he ever think about basketball? But, you know, Giannis didn't even really play, like, every day as something he was dedicated to until he was about 16 years old because those early years he had to leave basketball practice and go with his parents to sell items at faraway beaches, upscale places. So, Mm. you know, it's not this romantic story, oh, I love basketball from the moment I saw it. Mm -hmm. You know, for him it, it took time, and he ended up loving it. And But he had so many other things to worry about. Number one, he and his entire family were undocumented. So um, he did not have papers. And so it was hard to get scouted for basketball because he couldn't leave the country. Hmm. And the only reason why he was able to come to America and play basketball is because the Greek government expedited his citizenship at the last minute and gave him papers. But Hmm. they didn't give it to his mom. They didn't give it to his dad. They didn't give it to the rest of them. So um, it just really goes to show you that, you know, although basketball was becoming a big part of his life, he had so many other things to worry about. His dad died? Yes, yes. At um, what at age, age and of what? Yeah, 54 of a heart attack. It was a couple of years back now. Mm. Um, this is absolutely devastating, mm. for be honest, because he thought, okay, well, I overcame this difficult childhood. I overcame everything that there was, I thought. You know, I thought once we got through that and came to America, life would be good. And so it was almost even more cruel for that to have happened. Miri, can you stay on for just another segment? I just want to pay some bills. I just want to ask you about his mom. And nobody knows her better than you. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. We're talking to the great Mirren Fader, who wrote an unbelievable book about Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like follow and enjoy a wise decision the weekend wear facebook page frankly i can think of nothing more stimulating 